Welcome in everyone to the Puttcraft Podcast. My name is Reed Nelson. Friday, April 21st, Plymouth, Minnesota. Eagle Lake will be our first outdoor event of the season and our first event of the league year, our third. Tea time will be 6 p.m., I don't believe they're going to turn the lights on for us. I don't believe we're going to need it. I believe the lights are a Memorial Day to Labor Day uh, only at Eagle Lake, but I'm going to see if I can uh, do some negotiation. Uh, It'll be early enough in the season where we aren't going to need them. We'll be totally fine. Again, that's a 6 p.m. tea time. uh, Eagle Lake, Plymouth, Minnesota, Friday, April 21st. uh, Two short weeks, less than two short weeks from now. Uh, Course record holder Sean Brown uh, in August of 2022 shot a 38. Okay, we're going to start off this episode with the Finding 5000 segment of the podcast. I should also note, and by that I mean we, we, 10%, 5% me, 95% Eric Caselius, um, sought to find the uh, person who sunk the 5000th putt. I think that we are 95% certain, Eric, you might, I don't, I don't know if you're 100 I, th- I think we're 95 based on based on our conversation. Okay, the other thing I should note uh, while we're on the con- uh, while we're on that topic, we are darn near close to a thousand hole in ones as well, which is going to be another fun one. That one should be a little bit easier to track. I don't believe Eagle Lake is a possibility. Um, and then, as you know, uh, the next event, Lily Putt, th- there's very, very, very few aces that take place. I shouldn't say very, very, very few. There are few aces that take place at Lily Putt. Um, so it might be the third event of the league year. Let me tell you where we currently stand in terms of aces. We are at, you know what? I stand corrected. We are at 962 aces, a mere 38 aces shy of 1000. Now, last event out to Eagle Lake, we had 13 players and there was only nine aces. The event before that, there were only eight players and there were only 11 aces. So I, I, I still think that Lily Putt, and if, if, if we want to go back to July of, 20, uh, July of 2022, Lily Putt uh, only had seven aces with uh, nine players. So it's very possible, unless the Lily Putt field is huge, that we will um, have to wait for the third event of the league year to break one thousand aces but that will be fun i'm really excited for that one and and we'll what we'll do is we'll we'll do our best to track it in real time if we can Uh, a place like eagle lake is tricky because it's such a spread out course that something can happen at nine i can be over at 17 and have absolutely no idea that something took place so we'll do our best. Uh, it again, it's always in good fun. So, okay. Uh, here's the full story. Eric Caselius came to me, uh, and basically said, I, I, I think we can find out who had the 5,000th birdie. Um, I thought immediately, I was like, oh, that sounds awesome. And then I thought about it for a little bit longer. And I was like, uh, I don't think that's possible, <laughs> but he was insistent. So we gave it a shot. 
And what put us over the edge, this is where my 5% of the, uh, of, of, of the work came in was all of my photos and videos are timestamped. So we were able to, well, and here, and I'll, I'll just give you kind of a brief, uh, peek under the hood of what I was sending Eric. I said, so his initial answer was or his initial guest was Anthony Dunkel on hole 11. And he said, it's possible it could have been uh, Matt on 10 or Zach Casilius on nine, Matt Rolstead on 10 or Zach Casilius on nine. But the people in Anthony's group typically pay faster than people in Matt and Tom's group. And Zach had to wait for Caden on hole nine. So that got me thinking, well, we actually have the timestamps for all of these events. So I sent him a picture. I said, this is you standing at nine. This is the time that that took place. Here's Jesse Sticka's group on 17. That was two minutes before you were on hole nine. Um, and I just kind of said, uh, Robin's group was on 17 at 239. So they were likely at one or two when you were teeing off at nine. Brady was teeing off on 18 at 242. So I'm guessing, uh, and it just kind of went on like this for a little while. Um, and then we had to account for Ryan Cardinal's group. Um, or the group that Ryan Cardinal was playing and they, they were the slowest group. They, they didn't finish until about 10 minutes, um, after everybody else, they were teeing off on 18 at two thirty-seven. They ended up finishing on, I think two, 11 or 12 was their last hole. So this is Eric Aselius and I'm actually going to read it verbatim a, because any opportunity I get to use the word verbatim, I will because verbatim is a great word. And I know that because of the blank discs that I definitely did not burn music on in the late 90s, early 2000s, or verbatims. Um, okay, here it is. Okay, Reed, I think I have the answer. Again, this is Eric Aselius. I'm quoting here directly. 5,000th birdie belongs to Hole 16 at 241. I left it blank. Oh, I, you know, I like to, I like to, I like to milk the drama just a little bit. Time could be off by a minute or so, but that's my best guess. We needed 71 birdies on the second round and we had 69 through roughly 239 PM. Then Dan would have gone first on 16 with honors and he birdied. Then, and I'm, I have to say it now because it, it was, it was Cameron Hesselius. Hole 16, 241. So then Dan would have gone first on 16 with honors and he birdied. Then Cam would have gone second and gotten his birdie. Thomas Pepin group, no birdies between 239 and roughly 245. Matt Wyman group, no birdies between 239 and roughly 245. Brady Storhoff group, no birdies between 239 and roughly 245. Jesse Sticka group, no birdies after hole 16, which I counted to be at a, around 239. Matt Rolstead's group didn't have any birdies on 8 and would have started 9 at about 243. So that takes them out of the running. Uh, my group, Eric's group had none between 239 hole seven and 246 hole nine. It's slightly possible that Sean Brown's ace on 10 could have been the 5,000th, but I ruled it out because I watched him ace it after I had finished hole eight and we started hole eight at 243. Again, the ace was at 241. So anyway, that's my official answer. Cameron Aselius, hole 16, 241, our 5,000th birdie. Congratulations, Cameron. Um, thank you, Eric, for doing that. And, you know, many of you know that I started my sport recreational career in the basketball world. And it is, it's difficult for me 
to um, put into words how important what Eric did here was. And it's not just Eric. Okay. Many of you have been telling all your friends and all your family about Puckcraft, and many of them have been coming out. Matt Rolstead created a whole um, a, a ranking metric system. Okay. Um, that stuff is, it's crucial. It's crucial to building this community, um, to, you know, what we're, what we're attempting to do here. And I thank you so, so, so much for doing that. Um, same thing happened with ultimate hoops is we had people who were just like, I want to contribute in any way that I can. I love playing in this league. I love being a part of it. I sleep. I, I go to sleep and I think about it. I wake up in the mornings thinking about it. What what else can I do? And and, and th- th- there were little things, you know, media stuff, uh, podcasts, articles, power rankings, that type of thing. So uh, again, thank you, Eric, and thank you, everybody else, um, for for all the all, all the hard work and for participating. Um, you, I, I'm trying to think of the right word here. You make me want to do better improve, grow, uh, expand, expand might be the wrong word. It isn't the wrong word, but in this context, it might be, um, there's so many little tweaks that we can make to Puttcraft that are just going to continually make it better and better and better and better and better. Um, and I'm excited about those. And if I didn't have a extremely busy life currently, I'd be doing it more than I am right now, which is a lot, but I love it. It's super fun. Okay. We are going to look at the player standings, which are now official and final for the 2022-2023 league year. This is one I would cut to commercial if we had commercial breaks. There is something about Masters Sunday and the weather that is just, I just love it. Summer's, not summer, but spring is here. It's been a long winter. My goodness. Okay, so there were 60 six unique players this league year. So that's 66 different faces that that uh, played in Puttcraft events around uh, uh, this year. Thank you so much for doing that. Uh, it, 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 was, it was a great, great, great season. We're going to start at the bottom and we're going to move our way up to the top and uh, we'll, 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 we'll kind of get through some of these as quickly as we can. So tied for 65th is both Jenny Aarons and B. Bleckinger at one point apiece. 64th, Andrea Pendleton at 1.5. Tied in 59th is Boston Bleckinger, Aiden Carlson, Pat Diaz, Ryan Cardinal, and Sam Zhang at two points. 58th is Christina Johnson at 2.5 points. A three-way tie for 55th, Connor Lestico, Mary Leslie, and Jake Niemand at three points. A three-way tie for 52nd, Patrick Connors, Justin Hackman, and Matt Heimerman, who has a double bogey under his belt, at 3.5 points. A four-way tie for 48th. Also, I should note, Matt Rolstead puts together the player standings as well. So it's not just the MCGs. Thank you, Matt. Tied for 48th, Roman Olgren. We'll get back to him in a second. Thomas Pepin, Ryan Vermeer, and Monica Zhang at four points. Roman Olgren, of course, made his Puttcraft debut um, at, the, at the Golf Zone Open. Man has got a 
struck. The, 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 the guy, you could tell he's a golfer. He's played before. And I really, really, really hope that Roman comes out to more events. Uh, cause I think he could be really, really good. Uh, in a four way tie for 44th, JD Ford, Scott Moyer, Sheila Nelson, and Jesse Sticka at five points apiece. In a three way tie for 41st, Brian Bleckinger, Andres Diaz, Alec Whalen at six points apiece. In 40th place is Mike Pendleton at 8 points. Tied for 38th is Trayson Ekman and Joel Holm at 9 points. 37th is Sam Goley, speaking of the Masters. I believe he was there this past weekend uh, with 10 points. Tied for 35th, Caden Burkhart and Jorge Rimblas at 12.5 points. 34th is John Maddening at 13 points. 33rd, Dominique Ling at 13.5 points. 32nd is Nicholas Isaacson at 14 points. In a three-way tie for third, Tim Albrecht, Ben Brizelden, and Adam Burke at 16 points. In a tie for 27th, Adam DeVore and Rick Lestico at 19 points. 26th is Dan Radke at 21 points. 25th is Joel LaChapelle at 22 points. 24th is Jason Peterson at 27 points. 23rd is Matt Langer at 28.5 points. 22nd is Nick Noble at 29.5 points. In a tie for 20th is Michael Carlson and Daryl Hummony at 30 points. I'm going to stop there real quickly. I forget this a lot, but I'm going to stop forgetting this. The player standings account for the entire year. Okay. And it, 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 it rewards both achievement and participation. Okay. In 19th place, RJ Dusak with 40 points. In 18th place, Caden Hasilius at 44 points. And in 17th place, his brother Cameron Hasilius at 44.5 points. Boy, that's an interesting one there. 16th place, Kathleen Malone at 49 points. 15th place is Sam Lapidat at 51.5 points. I can already hear Caden's uh, argument is that uh, I've you played in one more event than I did, Cameron, which is true. Uh, sorry, 15th is Sam Lapidat, 51.5 points. 14th, Jeff Woodfill at 59 points. 13th is Robin Schwartzman at 66 points. 12th is Matt Wyman at 87 points. 11th, Brady Storhoff at 88.5 points. And the top 10, give me one second to grab up some documents here. Okay, here we go. In 10th place is Joel Brown at 92 point five points now it should be noted that joel uh will be a rookie of the year candidate more on that in a bit um participated in six events this year seven events this year i'm sorry and finished in the top five in all but one of those events he you know it it'll be as we talk more about rookie of the year player of the year all that fun stuff in the next couple weeks It'll be, I, I think the conversation is always fascinating. Joel and Dan Wesley went into um, extras um, in, you know, a, a while ago. And, you know, had he won that event, would it have changed things? How does it complicate things that that event actually took place in the previous league year, right? So we're going to be switch after this year, we're going to be switching up and 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 props to Eric Caselius for bringing this to my attention as well. We're going to be switching up to more of a service time model. So let me recap. 
I allowed anybody who played in the final event of the last league year, because it was on the last day, to be eligible for Rookie of the Year next year. Joel Brown was one of those players. Had he won that tournament, it would have complicated things because, um, you know, he'd be up for Rookie of the Year. He would have won an, an event that took place the previous year. We're going to move to more of a service time model, meaning, and I, I do not have the specifics of this yet, but if your first two events take place in this upcoming league year, that's not enough service time to be eligible for awards. Okay, S- service time is such a weird term, but it's a baseball thing. Sorry. <laughs> the year after, if you part- then you would be eligible for rookie of the year the year after even if you didn't participate in any events. So it's not going to be one of those things where you can participate in two one year, zero the next year, and then eight the year after, and then win Rookie of the Year. That would be your third year. So if you don't garner enough service time in your first year, this next year is when you'll be eligible for Rookie of the Year. So the same concept, what what I did with with allowing players to be eligible after participating in just one event, but more official um, and not as arbitrary. It's like, oh, this happened to take place the last day of the league year. You know, who cares? What if somebody played in one event six months earlier? Should they have lost their rookie of the year eligibility? Not really. So, okay. Where was I? In ninth place, Sean Anderson at 100.833 points. Interestingly enough, Sean Anderson finished in sixth place just outside of the top five uh, at the Golf Zone Open. And it will be interesting to see if he can carry that momentum into next year. He has three top five finishes in 12 events. Has been a little bit quiet lately up until this last event. Okay, Uh, in eighth place, speaking of the Rookie of the Year race, this will be a fun one. Zach Casilius with 120.5 points. Of course, he has, um, excuse me, one win this year uh, that took place at the Golf Zone. Uh, November? My months are really just, wow. Uh, blending together, if you will. Eric Casilius comes in at seventh place at 131 points. He has two tournament wins this year. Also a Rookie of the Year candidate. Spoiler alert. Sixth place, Dan Wesley at 135.5 points. Uh, Dan has 14 events, six top five finishes, and one tournament win. Of course, that was at the Grand Slam in Burnsville. Anthony Dunkel in fifth place at 147.33 points. Anthony, winner of the inaugural Puttcraft Open now, just about two years ago. It's interesting because I've, I've done the Puttcraft history posts, which are a lot of fun. Now we can say on this date two years ago. God, that's fun. That's cool. I love it. You see the smile on my face right now. Sorry, I can't, I can't contain it. Anthony Dunkel with 21 events. He does have 11 top five finishes. Finishes in fifth place of this previous league year. In fourth place is Tom Loftus at 160 points. Tom has two tournament wins in 20 events. In third place is Josh Benish at 171.5 points. He has participated in 23 straight events and has eight top five finishes. 
Notice I'm not saying BE, BEP right now because I'm going to be sorting them by league year eventually here, but it's going to take me some time to do that on my uh, spreadsheet. Coming in at second place with six wins this league year and 13 wins overall, including 26 top five finishes, including 24 in a row, is Sean Brown at 257.833 points. And then coming in at first place is Matt Rolstead with 267.5 points. He has seven wins this league year and seven wins overall. Um, And he is also, I think, sporting a... 14 event top five finish streak. I'm going to, I'm going to confirm Matt. I'm sorry. I'm going to confirm 14 event top five finish streak needs 24. So 10 more to tie Sean Brown's 24 streak, which I at one point didn't think it would be broken depending on how the fields shape up early this season is how that's going to happen. Don't get me wrong. Matt's Matt's going to come to down to earth a little bit. He's playing great right now, obviously, but I do think it's going to be close. Here's the, here's the thing. If he were at 14 in September, I would say easy. He could easily break it because the fields in the off season are not as large and are generally not as strong. They have been this off season, I should say. Whereas in the summer, they get to be stronger and they get to be larger. Now, here's the thing though. And you see this a lot with, with golfers, whether it be Roman Ogren, which I mentioned earlier. I don't know for sure that Roman's a golfer. I assume he is. Nick Noble earlier this year set a, a course record at Dred Scott. It's not the same, obviously. The putting stroke is great. If Roman or Nick or others, for example, Dominique Ling is another one, went to uh, Eagle Lake starting tomorrow and just mastered the course, they would do very, very, very well on uh, at, at the Season 3 Open. But... I haven't necessarily seen that yet. Dred Scott might have been Nick Noble's first, or that event at Dred Scott might have been Nick Noble's first trip there. Roman Ogren's first trip to the golf zone might have been March 25th. Okay. And granted, he went 46-38, so he knocked eight strokes off. Imagine if that wasn't his first time playing. Would he have gone 38-36, 38-32, 36-34? You know, it, it's, it's, it's interesting to think that. Obviously, players who have been putting their entire lives have a built-in advantage. But then you see back nine or back 18, those last couple holes, things get tight. Uh, you know, you've got you got guys breathing down your neck. You're playing in the best group potentially, uh, so 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 things can get a little tight there. Okay, that is the player standings for this previous year. Congratulations to everybody participated. Congratulations to uh, Matt Rolstead, Sean Brown, Josh Benish, Tom Loftus, Anthony and Uncle, everybody else for for uh, for 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 finishing where you did. Um, interesting. I should point this out. Eric Asilius, Zach Asilius came in late, right? Did not have the 
well, had the opportunity, but didn't, you know, have the opportunity to participate in as many events as everyone else did. Um, so, you know, just, just, just a great showing from them as well. They will absolutely be a part of the rookie of the year discussion, obviously. Okay. I want to, I want to give you a, a brief update on the next two events. Again, April 21st, Friday, Eagle Lake, Eagle Lake, I believe their first week open is going to be this week. The moment they can open, they do. Um, I, I'm going to give them a call, make sure the course is in, is in good shape. I might even actually go out and visit them, um, and, and, and see how, uh, see how it looks, take some photos, that type of thing. Lily putt, if you didn't hear last episode is under a little bit of construction. So they're going to be cutting off certain holes at certain times. I, as of right now, have May 5th penciled in as our first trip to Lilliput this year. If they're, uh, you know, they're done with construction. If they aren't quite finished, we can always bump it one week to May 12th uh, or further into May. But I fully expect, based on what I've heard from them, that we'll be able to get on the course May 5th. Now, I should also note that that course closes on May 5th at 8 p.m. So we will have to have a slightly sooner start time than 6 p.m., probably 5.30, because it is a much longer course. That is it for this week. We will see you in two weeks, but we'll also be back next week with a podcast. Have a great week.